0: This is your host, Tim Palladino, reminding you to please like and subscribe. And if you really dig what we're doing, please leave a review wherever possible.
1: I was so sad for the longest time. Like the majority of my life, I was a sad dude. And until I really, really started checking myself after I, you know, after the day where I attempted to kill myself, you know, I I decided I'm like, I'm going to start living with purpose, like whatever that looks like. I'm going to try and see if I can shift this and take power over this life I have.
0: Rob Searsons is an empowerment life coach. He helps co-create the tools his clients need to heal and step fully into their power. Rob does this by using the warrior work method that includes dreaming, identifying of blocks, uncovering the true you, purpose work, and finished off with a personalized action plan. As you will be able to tell, Rob is full of passion for what he does, and he has the personal experience to really empathize with his clients. I know you'll love Rob as much as I do. Hope you enjoy the show. My name is Tim Palladino, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Hierarchy of Needs podcast. Rob, my brother, thank you so much for being here and and joining me for the next hour. I hope uh, hope we rock some minds.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here, man.
0: Yeah. So, listen, we're gonna talk today about kind of like stepping into your power. We're gonna talk right. about you know adversity and stuff like that and things maybe that you've been through or or the common thing that you work with people. Um, right. When it, yeah, when it comes to when it comes to what you're working on, it's uh, uh, the Warrior Project, right? I'm just making sure I'm saying that correctly. Warrior work. Warrior work rather. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah. Tell me, tell us a little bit about warrior work, how it started, who you're helping. Cause I know, I know we've had some conversations in the past that, you know, we were just kind of touching on uh, yeah. For the audience.
1: Yeah. So warrior work, you know, when you, when you hear the word warrior, it's overused and, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely oversaturated in these days. And it, 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 it's definitely a, you know, a word where, It doesn't mean necessarily masculine it doesn't mean you know soldierly it doesn't mean at the gym or any of those tough guy or macho what warrior means to me is truly identifying who you are Mm. right and taking the courageous journey to identify peel away the stories peel away the belief systems peel away the trauma and really you know kind of cracking that egg and opening yourself up and being like this is who i am right And the work behind that, the work is simply, you know, another common term we hear of like getting the work done, doing the work. It's the courageous step to heal, to really like shake off that, that identity of trauma that a lot of us, you know, have on ourselves. Like, this is just the way I am. Take it or leave it. All the things, you know, on the toxic patterns of ourselves, and really like, you know what? I do want to step up, step in, become better. I want to heal myself of these wounds mm-hmm. that I've been carrying for so long. And so that's what warrior work is. And, you know, I, I work with, you know, I don't work with just men. I have a large emphasis on men. I do men's retreats um, where we work with, you know, the vulnerability pieces, the anger pieces, a lot of things where men struggle with feeling like they're, al- they're alone and it's them against the world, you know, cause that's how we were brought up. Yeah. Be tough. Don't cry. You know, don't show weakness. And then I also, you know, work a lot with women and, you know, just helping them understand what a healthy, powerful masculine is and helping them through those stories and those patterns. And, you know, my, my is the same for both men and women. It's just depending on what they're wanting to step into with power. Um, it seems like a lot of my majority of my clients are entrepreneurs yeah. in some sort of, uh, or another. And then I do work with a lot of athletes as well, collegiate athletes and, you know, those trying to turn it into a pro form as well. So, yeah, that's pretty much the basis
0: of what I do. Cool. Very cool. So you talked about um, uh, masculinity. What are your, what are your uh, thoughts on masculinity? I know we had a little bit of a conversation in the earlier days. Sure. Yep.
1: Yeah. So masculinity, you know, there's healthy and there's toxic. And you hear Mm -hmm. the word toxic masculinity thrown around all the time. Mm -hmm. One thing that I'm really, really trying to emphasize with, you know, my you know social media is a lot of men still feel like they need to throw around anger and intimidation in order in order to be manly yeah and whether it's to women whether it's to their children they think that's that's manly and it's actually not you know i take great pride in knowing my daughter who's nine years old and my stepchildren who age from you know 16 down to seven have never been afraid of me a day in their life like I'll even check in. I'm like with my daughter, Amari, I'm like, have you ever been afraid of me? And she laughs. And she's like, no, I'm afraid of mommy. Right. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. and people look at me sometimes and, you know, I don't, I don't always have a smile on my face. It doesn't mean I'm I'm angry. I just, yeah. you know, have, a, you know, a resting bitch face or whatever people call it. <laughs> and so I come off intimidating and then people get to know me though. Like, Oh, you're just a giant teddy bear. And I actually am.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And it's just, but yeah. I don't, it, it's changing the emphasis that like, men need to throw around their weight in order to declare dominance or power. The yeah. power actually in the masculine is actually the softness is in the tenderness and the calmness, right. And not projecting the anger. Like there's places for anger. There's places for, you know, to, to work that stuff out. That's why I love the gym so much, yeah. right. The gym's always been a big part. And then football and rugby field, big part of my life. You know, I've never been a fighter or a violent person outside of that, but, What I'm trying to help men understand is number one, it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to show emotions, but also identifying is your anger toxic or not? And one way to quantify your anger is just like, when you're in anger, are you doing damage to yourself or are you doing damage or harm to others? Right. And it doesn't just need to be physical. It can be verbal abuse. It can be punching a wall and intimidating someone. It can be screaming and standing over someone. And so it's, it's hard for a lot of men to, to conceptualize at first because that's the way they grew up. That's the way they saw their dad and their brothers operate and so on. It's been generational. And now we're just, I'm at a place where I really want to help men break this pattern of anger and the fear because it's not serving. It doesn't, and you know, once you really dive into the anger, there's a lot of sadness underneath the anger. There's a lot of fear underneath the anger, yeah. right? Yeah. Even though it, it, it seems powerful and dominant and whatever you want to see on the movies, Reality, there's a lot of pain there, and so that's what I'm trying to get men to get in touch with.
0: Yeah, it kind of goes back to the adage of hurt people, hurt people, right? You know, and because you know, kind of you know, recovering from that situation, I had a lot of pain growing up. I had a lot of anger. Um, right. Who knows of the exact source or sources? Probably right. There's probably a myriad of of reasons that I had that, and it. I guess the big reason would be that I didn't know how to kind of cope or digest any pain, disappointment or anger. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it's sad too, because it's when, once I got over it, I realized I was like, I was kinder to myself afterwards. Sure. I was, I, cause I was like, Oh, I'm not this person. I'm not this right. person who screams or lose the, loses their edge. And what's even more sad is if you have been going through this for years it becomes a per- personality trait it kind of becomes you right you make it who you are right 100 percent. So, yeah
1: i used to identify myself as a very angry person same right like people would come over to me at the gym like wow you work out so hard like what motivates you and i'm just like no i'm always i'm just really angry yeah and it would like put people on their heels like oh okay Right. But it's the only only way I knew because I never got into alcohol. I never got into drugs. That wasn't my Mm. thing. But the best and safest way I could channel that anger anger is through the gym. The only problem is I'd wake up to those same demons again the following day. Yeah. Right. I wasn't healing anything. I was just putting band-aids on it. Right. And so it's just diving a little bit deeper. It's just like we don't want to cope with it. We don't want to put band-aids on it. How do we actually heal from it? What needs to be done? What are those steps? Right. And so that's where you know, a lot of the work
0: comes in. Yeah. One of our earlier conversations is actually about when I, when I used to go to the gym and I would work out at a pure rage. And and right. the the lesson of our conversation was I have to honor myself. I can't just right. go until I'm broken. Like I right. that said, that was such routine. And I was, and like in my head, it was twisted up. Like that's what I deserve or that's right. what I, that's what I need to do. And yeah. The
1: self-punishment.
0: Yeah. And it was really weird. And it was, it was one of those things that like, you know, a lot of us, uh, men and women, we don't realize that there's another way until something is something is spoken aloud or brought to our attention. Either calling, I'm going to use the word calling us out, or sure. you know, recognizing something. And some people go years and years and years with, without addressing it, right. Um, right? And it's yeah, just it needs to, it needs to be handled. If you're noticing right. something, you know that like at the core, we know like when something's painful or not, right? I think, I think one of the reasons that we don't act upon it is because we think we're going to be, we think we're alone in it. Like no one's ever felt this way Um, or shame. Right. Which I, I was on the shame side.
1: For sure. And and another big, you know, intricate piece that comes in, it's, it it equates down to self love, right. Right. You know, and feeling like I need to punish myself. And Mm -hmm. we have this story, you know, especially in this culture that we are in, in in, in the States is like, everything needs to be hard. You know and we grow up yes. with like things with sports and it, you know it's you know pain and suffering is the only way to you know gain success and that's true to a point but we don't always need to suffer and we don't always need not everything needs to be hard and once we can get to a place that actually like how can i check in with my body like what does my body mean yeah right how yeah. how what feels good to me how can i actually honor it that's a whole another level of self-love Rather than just getting in the gym or doing whatever we're doing, running, working, whatever that thing is we do and just trudging along the way until we can't go anymore. And then we wonder why we feel so broken and so mm-hmm. overtired tired all the time. It's because we're not honoring and checking in truly with our heart, you know, that heart coherence.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, that was actually the true birth of uh, the entrepreneurial hierarchy of needs. And it was about harmony because uh, I did the same thing I did at the gym that I did with with entrepreneurship. I needed to be a millionaire. I needed to work seven days a week. Like there was like this invisible scorecard that no one else cared about but me, but I thought everybody else cared about. So I was trying to meet this this wild ass standard that I imagined. um, And and that's where all this comes into play where it's about harmony. Yeah, work your ass off. Of course, work your ass off. Right. Unless something else is suffering. It's all about harmony and motion and and making sure that the right things are in perspective at the right time.
1: Right, 100%. And like identifying what the priorities are in your life, right? And identifying like what is the motivation and the reason behind that goal that you've set for yourself, you know? And like I said, I have a lot of, lot of very successful entrepreneurs. And one of the things that I always work on them with is, you know, they're, they're going a million miles an hour, 80 hour, 90 hour weeks. And I always ask why, like, what's the end goal? And a lot, a lot of them always return to, well, I just want more. I'm like, okay, that's great. Like, that sounds great. But what does that even mean? And most of them can't ever quantify what that means, yeah. yep. right? And then we'll go dive a little bit deeper. It's like, okay, so what are you actually sacrificing all this other things in your life for? Your, your, your marriage is, sac- is suffering. You're mm-hmm. not getting any, any quality time with your children. When you're on, when, when you're on vacation, you're not even present, right? Mm-hmm. So actually, what does more mean? just so you can open up your, your bank statement and be like, that feels good for that moment, Yeah. right? And so it's finding that balance and finding that priority to really identify what we're honing into. And usually there's always trauma pushing that more card. It's the trauma yeah. and the ego, right? And then they wonder why they're so unsatisfied and like so lost
0: because it's just more, Yeah, it's a black hole hmm Yeah. That um, brings up two very good points with ego, right? Like I be- right. I believe a lot of people say ego is the enemy. Like that seems to be the term going around. I think ego is a, a, a pet, right? right? I think it's it's something that you can deploy or hold back as you need it. Because sometimes right. I need my ego to get through the day, right? To, sure. to kind of like power me a little bit forward to have that, that healthy disregard for reality, but sometimes right. it's totally unnecessary,
1: totally right. unnecessary.
0: And the other point that you brought up was language, right. right? More like what, like if you can, I'm trying to think of what the, what the, um, oh, there was a conversation that we had at, at one of our get togethers. Um, and it was just how there's, there's a lack-based language and, uh, an abundance style language. Sure. And I don't need, but I desire. Right. Like, right. It sounds like semantics, but the reality is like, you desire is like this, this propulsion this language of propulsion, right? Like when I desire something, it's like, oh man, I'm like salivate. I can't wait to have it. Like, right. like there's nothing I need is like, I'm scared. I hope I get it. Like, yeah. and, and that even if that's, that may not be the case for everyone, but language association with certain words are super powerful. So what, what are agree. your thoughts on that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree hundred percent. Like needing and wanting is out of lack and out of fear. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like, that's where the come coming. I feel like desire is the motivation of the soul, mm. right? It's something that you're already predestined to have. You just got to take the right steps and the right trust to get there, right? And it's something that's like not going to be stopped or dwindled away because that's your true desire in your heart, right? You're going to keep going for it. Yeah. You know, needs and wants are different and they change every day. You wake up with different emotions, that need and want may change. That desire never goes away.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. So, what what are some common um, common stories that maybe some of your clients have had that we can maybe talk about for a second to to let people that are listening or watching at some point um, can relate with and see, hey, maybe maybe I'm not the only one. What are some? Yeah. Common- so yeah.
1: yeah, I think the number one thing when it's when it comes down to maybe I'm not the only one is that is identifying there's a lot of people like just on the brink of the edge right now of questioning whether they want to be on this earth any longer, you know, and that was me four years ago. And Mm. I, I had the stories that I was all alone that no one understood me. Right. And I wasn't asking for help and everything. And so I, I, I take on a lot of clients that are at a place where it's just, I don't know if I want to be here any longer. And, you know, I have suicidal ideations, all the things, And again, I'm not a therapist, I'm not Mm -hmm. a psychologist, you know, this is my work that I created my methodology for myself. But the number one question I always ask them, and I always, always, up till now, get the same response. And that question is, is it that you don't want to be here? Or is it that you just don't want to feel how you're feeling? Mm -hmm. And every time they will say, I just don't want to feel how I'm feeling. And so that's the work that we start to jump into. Okay, how are you feeling? Why are you feeling this way? What are you doing each day that compounds this pain and this hopelessness in your life? And a lot of it, I would say the majority of it does just, ju- does, come from childhood, right? Yeah. There's a lot of things, you know, being abandoned, you know, being abused, being, you know, very sexually abused and all the different things, right? Yeah. Or maybe it's just at a time in their place where it's just like, in their life, I'm not contributing to this earth. I'm not doing anything. I go to work, hit my punch card, and then I leave, collect a check, and it's just the same thing every single day. Yeah. Right? And the number one thing I want people to understand is you're not alone. A majority of people question life, you know, some at a deeper level than others. But the, the difference is, is, is those people willing to take the step to ask for help. and. To go out and get the help they need, mm-hmm. and to go forward with it, right? Because the stories will tell you, no one will understand me. I'm alone on this. Like, because I, I literally grew up very, very alone. You know, with, you know, being a person of color in a very white dominant area, a very religious background area that taught that taught, you know, things about people of color that aren't true that are that were very discriminatory. And so it's just, I grew up with that deep into my thirties. Like I'm alone. No one understands me. Yeah. Right. Until I decided to be like, okay, what if I didn't feel like this? How would I want to feel? And that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that that was the most important question. I asked myself because what I, what, what I found through my self work is I kept manifesting everything I did not want in this life, everything I didn't want. My deepest fears came true. Oh, you know, and it's just, it was for the fact that I was concentrating all my energy on everything I did not want. And so when I intake a, a new client, I always ask them, like, what do you desire? Exactly, exactly those words that we talked yeah. about earlier. What do you desire? And a lot of them will always go to, well, I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, that's the reason you are where you are, because you're focused on everything you do, want, do yeah. not want. That's why it continues to manifest. And so I try and help them reframe. Well, that's what actually we do reframe. I need you to focus specifically on what you truly do desire. Well, I want to be happy. Okay, great. What does happiness yeah. mean to you? My happiness and your happiness are completely different. Yeah. Right. And so that's where we start to get very, very specific and dissect everything that they want to call an end desire. Once we can start doing that, that's when we create the game plan and we start moving forward with the work. But yeah, that's where I feel like most people feel they're alone is with questioning if they want to be here any longer. And yeah. if they can just switch that and reframe that and get to a place of understanding, they just don't want to feel the way they feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so it's, I hope this doesn't come off wrong, but if you are feeling that way, you, it, it is your responsibility to ask for help because it's an invisible thing you know, right. when I was in my darkest, I was great at making people laugh, being the clown, hiding right. it all. Right. And, and that's, and no one, no one ever even knew about any of my, my right. mental health issues, right? Through, like severe depression and stuff like that, because I was, I always seemed happy. I had a per like a personality uh, shift that I can turn on right, and so not feel that pain. Right of admitting it and stuff like that, so it's it's our responsibility. I know if I didn't ask for help, then I wouldn't have wouldn't have gotten it, and I wouldn't be in the the thank God the, the mental state I am in today. And and right. um, yeah, and the um, the I, I like the idea of reframing. Right, that's that's super important. Um, there's um, something something I'm sure you're very well familiar with called the reticular activating system. Mm-hmm. It's in our brain, and like, like the the common the common explanation is like, if you buy a jeep, you suddenly see all these jeeps, right? Well, if you don't want to feel like shit, you're gonna look about, look and and measure against feeling like shit, right? And you're gonna keep on seeing how you feel like shit in life, and then it's gonna become helpless, then get you to a, a state of a hopeless, and then then you're cuffed to this this emotion, which is only a right. thought, right? Most cases, 100,
1: um, and then a lot of people take that on as their identity. 100, so and then they buy into it, it every day. Yeah, right. I this is believe my life. a lot of
0: the bullshit I told myself. Right, I, I believe it all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> was because I'm a great salesman to my person, that, right. myself. You know, yeah, right. yeah. Right. That's um, that's super unfortunate, but it's oh. it's it's a reality. It's definitely sure. a reality. Um, do you have any um? Do you have any retreats or anything going on? I know we're coming out of the scary time of the vid.
1: No, um, I haven't said anything yet. I'm probably looking for August or September uh, okay, to, to do some more men's work. Yeah. I've even thought about putting this something together for um, like a women's retreat. And so Great. they can really dive in to what healthy masculine looks like. Cause a lot of women grow up not knowing what healthy masculine looks like. Yeah. Right. And you know, and this goes for everybody, you know, we grow up in an abusive household, you know, sexual, verbal, physical, whatever it looks like. And a lot of our brains are trained to think that is love. That is love. Right. And so they go in and they get in the, everyone gets in these toxic relationships and they're thinking, well, my parents operated like this, therefore that's, that's what it is. Right. And so also helping You know, all parties reframe and like actually what love is, what safety is, what protection is and what healthiness is within a relationship. Super important.
0: That's amazing, too, because it's you you, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. Like, you don't know another way uh, until you've experienced. I'm sorry. You don't know what is right until you've experienced another way. Right. Like in uh, like right now we're doing um, we're negotiating a deal for something. And the three of us are talking about like, Hey, is this a good deal? And then the only answer is compared to what?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Like the only, yes, the only, that's the only way to find the right answer.
1: Right. If you Um, don't have a reference point, it's, it's kind of tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, then just the patience with, with self to, to kind of fail forward in a sense. Right. Absolutely. Um. Any other, any other thoughts or, or um, understandings you can share with us about how, how to kind of like navigate our thoughts and, and, and get to the other side of them?
1: Yeah. I mean, when I look back at where I was, you know, four or five years ago, the toxicity and the muck and the disgustingness and the darkness in my brain, like there's kind of my ego shows up with a little bit of an embarrassment. Mm. Right. And because I believed in all the bullshit I told myself every day. I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I'm not white enough, like whatever the story was, and I'd buy into it. And I walked around with my head down everywhere I went and I was just sad. I was so sad for the longest time. Like the majority of my life, I was a sad dude. And until I really, really started checking myself after I, you know, after the day where I attempted to kill myself, you know, I, I decided I'm like, I'm going to start living with purpose, like whatever that looks like. I'm going to try and see if I can shift this and take power over this life I have yeah. rather than just living in this matrix that I felt I was living in for so long. And so for me, you know, what I share with my clients and what I still have to do and activate like a, a new muscle all the time. Is really paying, not only paying attention and being the observer, which you hear in the, mm-hmm. the work talk a lot. But identifying what is your truth in the stories when a client comes to me and they tell me they're not worthy or they tell me, you know, my mom always said I was a slut. So I'm a slut. And like, this is the most wholesome woman ever. Like, just as an example. And the truth is, I'm like, I want you to ask yourself, is that your voice or your mom's voice? And she's like, well, that's my mom's voice. I'm like, okay, so is it is that your truth or is that her truth? And she's like, no, it's, it's, it's definitely not my truth. Absolutely. And so I got to a place where these thoughts would come in my brain and when they usually come when you're alone, you know, these, these bad thoughts, whether you're driving, whatever it is. And I would say out loud, that is not my truth. Hmm. And then I'd I'd be like, Rob, what is your truth? And then I'd replace it with either the antithesis or something that just feels better. Right. Right. But I wouldn't lie to myself. Like Rob, you're fucking amazing. I wouldn't say something like that. I'd be like, Rob, you're doing better than you were two weeks ago. Keep going. Something like that. Because if you go all the way to the other end, your your subconscious brain isn't always going to believe it. But if, if it can be just a little soft, right? And be like, okay, what is my truth? I know my truth is I am worthy. I am worthy. Okay, why am I worthy? And you just start asking these questions and start having this dialogue with yourself. That's how you can start to change the mindset of what's going on in the conscious and subconscious brain. Right. But you have to take it upon yourself to have those conversations rather than just like let it go through like the assembly line. And then it just goes in the backpack and yeah, it's bullshit, toxic stuff, I believe. And you have to start challenging yourself on your belief system.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with, um, you know, taking it, I guess, one step at a time or one step removed from how you think you feel. Uh, right. If you, go, if you go too too far, it can, it can create like this weird false ego that can be shattered really quick. It right. Means- super detrimental when that's a beautiful point when the curtains removed right um yeah that that's super important and um just yeah just having that 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 willingness and 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 to to remind yourself that you're worthy right worthiness is one of the weirdest words that i've ever struggled with in my life like right i i thought like for who, and like all these things, because like you know, I think it may have been you that I started having these conversations with a while ago, and it was like, well, what do I have to be worthy? And it was just, it was, it was clearly, it was just it became a reminder of, I'm worthy for anything I, I I would like to obtain, right? Like there's, it's I'm more than my thoughts. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like this big grandiose thing. It was right. just, just the simple fact, like. Oh, no, I make mistakes. Forget right. Oh, I, right. I, I, I win. You know, celebrate right. it. Right. You know, yeah. Um, that was another I'm definitely thing. a, a
1: right. firm believer that we are born into this world 1,000% worthy mm. of everything. But it's everything that occurs around us. That's what we start believing in because we're never right. taught how to build that resistance and that strength to know what is true and what is false. And so we just take in the data, whether it's from parents, whether it's from family, whether it's from kids, and we believe everything we're told. And then we get to a place where like, well, I'm not worthy because all this data shows me otherwise, right? When in reality, it's just like, we are worthy. It's just knowing that we know that we know that what the truth is.
0: Yeah. No, that that brings up a really good point of um, who raises who now. I hate to sound right. like an old man shaking his fist on his front yard. But like these days, like it's we're we're even if you're like a great parent and a helicopter parent, your child is influenced all over the place. They just right. suck in information, man. They hear right. everything. Um, and yeah, it just you have to be really, really, really careful. And, you know, this work can start young. Right. You don't have to wait. Like, you know, if someone's listening to this, and they have kids like do it with them. Right. Just work with them now, you don't yeah. have to do it yourself and then hope they figure it out later. Yeah. This could yeah, be a I fun mean, thing.
1: Yeah. Being my partner, I mean, we have five k- kids between us and we're having these conversations with them all the yeah. time. Yeah. All the time. Right. There's, we don't, they don't, you know, we've lived our, our life of trauma. So hopefully we can, we hope they don't go through what we went through, but chances mm-hmm. are they are going to experience trauma and different trauma, but yeah. we can do a better job at preparing them and helping them be more conscious at a young age, yeah, you know? So by the time they're our age, they're going to be much more advanced than we were. Sure. Right. That's the hope.
0: Yep. Yep. And, and I, I think it's absolutely possible Uh, because I don't think, I don't necessarily think there's a value in removing, you know, nerfing your life. Right. Everything is soft and fuzzy. Like I also, I think that's kind of, that's kind of a, it could be detrimental.
1: No, I agree. I mean, I think Jordan Peterson said something a couple couple months ago or whenever he put this discourse out. you know, and I don't agree with everything he says, but one thing I said he said that I really love is, is like stop trying to protect your children mm. like from the world. Yeah, you're not serving them from protecting your children from the world because you have these kids. I grew up in a very do- like Mormon dominant you know culture, and you know most these parents would only let their kids play with other Mormon kids. Yeah, that's it. If they weren't LDS, they weren't allowed to play with them. Right. And I always thought that was super weird, even growing up Mm -hmm. in that church at that time. You know, it's just like they're trying to protect them from all these things. And it's just in reality, they're going to get to an age where they're just going to be exploded in the face of what this world really is. Yeah, like allow them to see the world, protect their innocence to a point, but also allow them to be a part of this world. And it's, it's beautiful. And it's very ugly. Yeah, you know, so they get to choose how they, you know, proceed through it.
0: What's uh, what's the term? I'd rather be a um, I'd rather be a war- uh, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that always reminds me of. And yeah. yeah, And it you know it's a combination of things, it's a bunch of ingredients: self worth, determination, you know, pride, a bunch of things, adversity. Right. But these it's not it's not a simple a simple thing. Right. Can't be, yeah, it can't be set and programmed. Uh, awesome stuff, dude. Um, any, last, any last notes before, uh, before I let you go?
1: No, I have my uh, autobiography coming out in awesome. September, October area. Um, it's called Ego of the Warrior. And so mm-hmm. it talks about everything that I've gone through and my healing process through it. And at first, it just started off as a project of just like being something very healing and cathartic for me to write. And then it turned yeah. into a book. And it's funny that you asked the question that you did, because I solely wrote this book. Once I realized it was a book just to help people realize that you're not alone. Yeah, that you're not alone. Yeah, people have been through it. And I'm not one to compare traumas. Like there's people I know that have been worse hell than I've been through. Mm -hmm. but it's simply stating this is my hell that I've been through. And I am better for it because I chose the path to become better from it right and so yeah. yeah super excited to share that with the world so that's coming
0: out yeah. i'm really excited make sure you um i'm sure i'm not going to miss that that release but um we'll go ahead and share it with the audience when that comes out
1: yeah for sure
0: rob for sure you're an all-star dude you're an all-star and i miss you i haven't seen yeah, you too Miss long. you too man i need to get
1: back down there
0: yeah yeah I'm, i've been um kicking around getting to denver too i've seen some cheap flights so yeah yeah. That, so. yeah
1: it's the cheapest
0: flight it's like 40 yeah. bucks <laughs> oh it's ridiculous it's yeah, ridiculous yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, awesome stuff brother um yeah thanks again
1: hey thanks so much my man we'll talk talk to you soon soon. we'll
0: see you thank you again for joining us and if you like what we're doing with the entrepreneurial hierarchy of needs and want to show your support the best way to show some love is to subscribe and leave us an honest review we also have a facebook group where we continue these types of conversations and so much more for all of our continued growth i can't wait to see you in there.